Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Maybe a players meeting will turn everything around in New York. Amber and Ian is on ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. He's Ian Fitzsimmons. I am Amber Wilson. Find him at Ian Fitz ESPN. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. So is the that Jets... the worst gig? I mean, that, that they could take at me? Is that the worst one? I've said a lot worse. Then you when it comes to dating myself, like yeah, an old yeah, man yeah. on I mean, the like, tape, tape room. Tape room is very inside. You know, it's now called screening, but I, I think I appreciate everybody understands though the idea of the tape, the concept of the tape. I, I there's all these videos now all over the internet yeah. and with these young people, and they'll show them pictures of cassette tapes and ask them what this is, or they'll show them a picture of a VCR and ask them what this is. They and can't dial a phone number on a rotary phone? Yes. How, how do, how do you favorite. dial a phone number on a rotary to there phone? Well, now, given that's like a couple Rich Samini may not be able to do that. Or may, maybe he can. I don't know. Let's find out. Rich Samini, he covers the Jets for us here at ESPN. Rich, could you dial a phone number on a rotary <laughs> phone if you had to? I think I could, but when when I mentioned that to my kids, uh, they look at me like I'm crazy. Like we actually had to do that back in the day, you know, like put your <laughs> finger in and, and go around and round to get the numbers. Uh, it's like alien to them. It was the worst when you had the nine, right? Because you had to go all the way around and come all yeah. the way back, right? Like uh, the olden the olden days. What we had what we had to endure. Yes, the old days, uh, back when the Jets were still enduring the things that the New York Jets are enduring in 2023 because things uh, not going well once again for the Jets coming off of that loss to the Raiders, a close loss, but a loss nonetheless. And Rich, the players had a player-only meeting this week coming off of that loss. What came out of that? Yeah, well, as we found out, it was, uh, it was an offense-only meeting. So that's obviously the, uh, the side of the ball that needs the most help right now and seems to be in the most disarray. And just from talking to a bunch of players today in the locker room, I get the sense that they just cleared the air. And, you know, a lot of their issues have been mental mistakes, you know, pre-snap penalties, careless stuff like that. And it just seems like there's been a lack of focus on offense, a lack of attention to detail. And I think those were some of the issues they hashed through today. Uh, it would have been interesting if the defense was in that meeting as well, because you know if this doesn't get fixed quickly, I could easily see a, 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 def- a fracture in the team between offense and defense because the defense plays really well every week, and the offense simply has not been carrying its weight. How many drives is it now, the New York Jets, since they've uh, have actually scored a touchdown on offense? Is it thirty six? It's thirty six. Yeah, it's not that I'm keeping track, but uh, thirty six. It's eleven quarters. And actually, their touchdown drive rate for the entire season, which I think is at 7%, is not only the lowest in the league this year, but it's been the lowest It's the lowest in the NFL since 2006. So <laughs> they are not scoring a lot of touchdowns, um, and that's an understatement. So having said that, 
going back to last week where Robert Sala, head coach of the Jets, took the fifth when it came to switching quarterbacks, how much from everyone you talk to, and you know everybody there, is he handcuffed in making a switch at quarterback from either Zach Wilson to Trevor Simeon? I think handcuffed in the sense that they just feel that there's a gap, a considerable gap between Wilson and and Simeon, and also Tim Boyle, by the way, who I think would be the next man up, because Boyle's been the number two quarterback for the, for the last several weeks. Simeon's still on the practice squad. So uh, I think they would give a slight edge to Boyle, but they still feel like Wilson gives them their best chance to win. And, you know, obviously that I always remember what Bill Parcells used to say, you know, he said that quarterback's job is to get his team in the end zone. So based on that criterion, you know, Zach Wilson has not been doing his job. However, I thought he played better last week against the Raiders. They actually moved the ball up and down the field despite not getting in the end zone. So I, I didn't think this was the right time to bench him this week. I think they'll give him a fairly long leash uh, unless he starts throwing a lot of interceptions. Then they'll have no choice but to go to one of those two backups. Rich Samini, ESPN Jets reporter, joining us. How is Zach Wilson perceived in the locker room at this point, Rich? Uh, Better than last year, that's for sure. I think uh, last year at this time, he was uh, pretty much exiled. (laughs) It was a man on an island Last year, he got benched, of course, with the not taking accountability after one of the games at a press conference. It was an unfortunate comment that uh, I think ended up getting him benched, and he was perceived. I know a lot of guys, especially on defense, were, were ticked off at him last year. I think he's matured, and I think he's being better received by teammates this year. I think he's handling things better. I see him interacting more in the locker room with teammates than last year. Uh, he's had some success this year. I mean, they have won four games with him at quarterback. So I think his confidence is higher than it was last year. Uh, I, I, I don't sense any outward anger toward him. I think the offense as a whole has just been sputtering. I mean, CJ, the tight end, CJ Ozama, a couple of holding penalties. The offensive line's had some breakdowns. There's been a lot of drop passes. So I, I don't think the locker room sees it as just a, a Zach Wilson problem. It's an old line problem. I mean, I, I was, and it, it's a while ago, but I, I mean, I, I was the field analyst uh, here on ESPN radio uh, with Mike Tannenbaum and Steve Levy on the call for the Patriots game. And he's running for his life. So how much, I mean, a lot of people just point to the quarterback, but how much of this is more so on the offensive line when it comes to the offensive struggles for the Jets? Yeah. I mean, the line has not been great. I mean, especially two weeks ago against LA uh, in the Monday night game, it, it was terrible. I mean, they gave up eight sacks. I think a few of those were on Wilson. He does tend to hold the ball too long. I don't think he processes as quickly as he should in certain situations. And uh, so I think he some of those sacks are on him. But you're right. I mean, they've gone through six different offensive line combinations in nine weeks. And so that's tough. And so I think they'll have the same line this week uh, that they did against the Raiders. So maybe a little continuity will help. Rich Samini joining us. I haven't heard anything in terms of any heat on the coaching staff whatsoever, but do you feel like there's any pressure from that perspective or are they going to kind of get a pass no matter what happens throughout the rest of the season because they lost their future Hall of Fame quarterback? Oh, no, Amber. I don't think there's going to be a free pass. Uh, (laughs) I think you're right. There has not been a lot of heat so far. Um, I think the Giants, you know, have absorbed a lot of the – 
you know, heat in town. But now I think it's turning back towards the Jets because the Giants are basically irrelevant now. And uh, love, that's the way the pendulum on. Rich, I, Rich, I love the fact that you just went, you know what? It was, was on the Giants. Now they're irrelevant. So now what? Hey, come on over here. Here we go. Come on now. Yeah, that, <laughs> that's, the, that's the New York pendulum goes wow. back and forth. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, Salah is not going to survive if they lose the rest of their games or if they go five and 12, he's not going to make it. And I think he probably knows that, you know, if he gets them to seven or eight wins with a backup quarterback, the entire season, I think that'd be a pretty good accomplishment. I think it would probably get him, you know, another year, but uh, yeah, by no means is it a free pass. They're going to have to, no one expects them to make the playoffs, but I mean, you can't run the table like you did last last year they lost their last six and you know that that's not the ownership is is woody johnson is not going to stand for that kind of collapse again if aaron Rodgers says hey i'm good salah has already said all right if he wants to play he can play but if you're aaron Rodgers, would you want to get in there on a surgically repaired achilles tendon behind that o-line <laughs> that's that's a great question, Ian. I can't get into his head. I mean, it's it, it's not easy to get into his head at all, as we know. I wouldn't want to. And but... yeah, so I, you know, maybe I could if I went to some plant based medicine or you know <laughs> stuff like that. Maybe I could figure him out a little better. But I don't know what he's thinking. I know he really wants to be back this year. He has made that abundantly clear week after week after week when he's on TV. And now he ha- he does add a little, you know, a little addendum. He says, you know, if the team is still in the mix. And so that's what we don't know. We're going to know more in the next 10 days because they play Buffalo and then Miami on Black Friday within a six-day span. So uh, we'll know after these next two games if they're going to be in the mix or out of the mix. And if they're out of the mix, why on earth would you come back? if you're Aaron Rodgers, uh, except maybe to, you know, satisfy your ego and prove to everyone that you could pull off the impossible and come back. But if I'm the Jets, I would tell Rodgers, you know, strongly advise against playing if the games are meaningless. Rich Samini, ESPN Jets reporter. Rich, you are a consummate journalist and a true reporter for us. So do you have any intel on whether Robert Sala dyes his beard? <laughs> You know, I think yeah, actually Rogers addressed that on McAfee this week. I think that came up. It is it is he denied a pretty, it for Salah on McAfee. Yeah, it it is a pretty I, I don't think he does. Uh, actually he trimmed it today a little bit. He showed up at the press conference with a, a little bit of a trimmed beard. Okay. Um but um no, I don't think he does. I mean he's he swore to Rogers that he doesn't use any uh grooming materials on it. I think it's just, you know, I, although it's hard to believe a guy in that much of a stressful job doesn't have any gray hair, but uh, you know it doesn't doesn't seem to be coming out of his beard. Hey, so we'll never Rich, get the truth on that. You've seen me, man. I got gray all over mine, Bubba. <laughs> but hey, on the sides, yeah. that's jet black, and I'm, it's not being dyed. I'm, I'm a solid on this. You're with Sala. I, I, yeah. I don't think all he's around. painting. It's a, it's a hell of a beard that Robert Sala has. Rich I'm, I'm beard envy. Rich Samini confirming. I think, he, I think he grew it in about 48 hours. It took him to get that beard, but that's, uh, but no, I think, <laughs> I think it's legit. And he did, you'll notice in this week's game, if you watch the uh, game on Sunday, he did trim it down a little bit. Okay. We, we will oh, be no. looking for that. That's, that's the kind of hard hitting reporting. I 40. love. Thanks. Thanks Rich. <laughs> All right, guys. Have a good night. Take care. Rich.
Coming up next here on Amber and Ian, we go back to the Deshaun Watson story. Disappointing news today for Cleveland Browns fans as Ian Fitzsimmons continues to stroke his beard. It's a lot, it's a lot of salt and pepper, Ian. It's Thanks. not quite like Salas. Appreciate it. <laughs> Painting it. It's wisdom. A lot of wisdom in your beard. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Going along here on Amber and Ian with Ian Fitzsimmons withering away in his own house. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. He's got teenage daughters. That Eating just everything. Have no respect for their father in terms of leaving dinner for him. <laughs> so, all right, we're going here for what we we're talking about during the break. All right, sure. Here we go. Come on with it. All right, so let's take everybody. Any, any parent can understand what I'm about to say when you have teenage children. So yesterday I made fajitas, steak and chicken with bell peppers, red onion. I mean, you name it. And oh, by, uh, by the way, this is a game changer. It really is. I'm not, what I'm about to tell you, my wife, my beautiful bride, found somehow this this video of what's called the chopped sandwich. Mm-hmm. It's a bodega in New York where they chop up all the ingredients, right, before they put it in the sandwich. So you're getting a little taste of every single bite. So I did that last night for the kids where we I made fajitas, but I chopped up the red onion, the bell peppers, the cheese, the steak, if you will, if you wanted the steak, if you wanted chicken, that side of it, right? The the pico de gallo, put some a spicy brown mustard over it, and just chopped it all up and you mix it all together. Therefore, you're getting a taste of everything in that tortilla. Or, as this bodega does, your ham and cheese sandwich or your turkey and cheese, whatever it may be. It's a game changer. I will never, ever, I mean, ever sounds delicious. not have a turkey and cheese sandwich with lettuce and mustard and mayo, whatever, and, and tomato. I've never met a fajita I don't like. Fajitas are one of my very favorite You chop things. it all up and you mix it all together and then just throw it on in, in, the, in, in, in between the sandwich. I know you don't eat carbs, but in a corn tortilla for you, Miss Wilson. <laughs> that might I, have too many carbs. I mean, it sounds right. excellent. You're right. Oh, it sounds excellent, but Ian, just has, the guts Ian has none Let of it left. Yeah, it's all gone. All of it. Every bit. So two nights ago, we made spaghetti, right? That's gone. I'm like, son of a, what am I? 
It's going to be yogurt and granola for freaking dinner when, we, when I get done here with you. So there you go. James, now, don't talk bleep about lettuce wraps. Excellent choice. I see, make that I knew, often. I, I, had I, I knew that would be I quite literally had them the last choice. night when I was out Hold on. Dinner. The lettuce wrap, right? So here's, here, here's your new lettuce wrap as uh-huh. we forget sports for a moment and we just get into some serious we'll conversation. get back to Deshaun Watson. Right. Yeah, look. Everyone calm down. Take your lettuce wrap. Chop it all up. And you, you just mash it all together, but continue to chop it into, into minute pieces, right? Mm-hmm. And just put it on a plate, grab a fork, and attack. And you're getting a little bit of everything. The jalapeno, you know, the tomato, the onion, whatever you have in that wrap, whether it's steak, chicken, turkey, whatever, you're getting a little bit of that greatness in every single bite. I wish I could remember the name of this New York City bodega that it had that it started this. And now I, I I promise you I can never go back to just eating a turkey and cheese sandwich. I can't. I'm gonna have to chop up all the ingredients and then put it between the bread or the tortilla or whatever. It's it's a game changer. It sounds great. It sounds like a lot of work. Uh, no, but it does it's sound not. excellent. No it takes nine seconds to chop, just it, chop it up and mash it together and let's go. The thing they didn't tell they don't they don't tell you about parenthood because before you become a parent is they how steal. annoying the kids well, it's, steal it's, it's, your it's food. how annoying the whole food the whole food experience through parenthood oh, because when preach. kids are little like my son the most one of the most annoying things about being a parent that nobody talks about is having to cut all their food. While you're hungry before you eat yours, you know, I so it's like every I time, nibble. I t- I not only bite. are you making all their food, but then you're having to sit there and cut it or let, if it comes out, right, you know, you're cutting all the food and you're starving. But and you don't, you don't steal a bite there. every now and then. Oh, uh, well, yeah, like, of course you're stealing okay, some bites, yeah. but then there's some weight gain attached to that. Like when the, now I have goldfish in my house and chicken nuggets are part of my life. Yeah. Like, well, I don't need this nonsense in my no, life, I but do. absolutely I they are. I, I had I stole a couple of his French fries today. Yes. I mean, you guys know me. I wouldn't eat a French fry if if I had the choice. They're in my face, James. James. Oh no. No, no, no. Hold, hold on. Hold on. Okay. Hold on. What? Who had a to not eat a couple? Not a couple? Oh my god. I feel fatter already. The point is, that's the difficulties when they're young, and then they go from that to then just eating your food, just stealing all your food. So the whole food experience, apparently. Well, that, that's the point <laughs> is difficult. that it comes around for you, right? Like right now you're, you're, you're eating French fries, which you haven't had a carb in like 18 I years. I had two today, too. So <laughs> you, you've gone from, and, and get ready, the, the, the homemade chicken nuggets where you can make it the Chick-fil-A chicken nugget in your home Air fryer? Oh, that's a game changer. Yeah, we do the air. The air fryer oh, has been gosh. a game changer in our house gen- generally. But it all comes around. So now you're eating their food to what I just described when they're in teen- with teenage years where you come out from working, right, in, in a break, and you're like, oh. And they eat all yours. And you're starving. So it all comes around, right? There you go. Your, metaz- your metabolism is slower when you're yeah. older. So it all so it all Shakes balances out, out because there they eat the food that you can't really afford to be eating So go anyway. dominate tomorrow a double bacon cheeseburger because <laughs> guess what? You ain't going to have it in about five years. Because he's going to eat mine in five years. Amber go. and Ian is presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit Progressive.com. The uh, Cleveland Browns need a game changer. Deshaun Watson. 
ain't going to be it. The Cleveland Browns need a lot. Uh, Deshaun Watts is not going to be the answer. He's out for the rest of the season. He has to have shoulder surgery on his throwing shoulder, which he broke a bone in during the second quarter of that game against the Ravens. He stayed in. He played the rest of the game. So the conversation about him not being tough is over. But now the conversation turns to what do the Browns do from here? Kevin Stefanski, the Browns head coach, says they turn to DTR. And that game, uh, again, uh, that was a tough spot that he was in. So I think this week, having a full week of preparation, knowing that he's going to be the starter, I think is important. Every backup will tell you, and it's the truth, they have to be ready to go after the first play, after the second play. If the starter needs a shoelace, you have to be ready to go. So he's prepared himself all season uh, and just felt like this was the right thing for the team. So DTR, you heard the reference there from Stefanski. He had started before, but he only had like nine seconds to prepare for the last time they saw the Ravens, and that starts. Now this week, he'll have some time here. He knows he's the starter. Interesting, though, that he's going to be the starter, the rookie, moving forward. Look, this is a Super Bowl-caliber defense. You just need a bus-driving quarterback. Mm -hmm. And DTR, at UCLA, I I was a big fan. We'll see what happens because I'm going to give that that last appearance, as he talked about, that's an outlier. They're a one-point favorite against Pittsburgh this weekend. That tells me a lot from ESPN bet. That tells me a ton about this matchup. Yeah, with them knowing, with the odds makers knowing for ESPN bet, of course, that DTI are starting. So there is some belief there and a lot of that belief, of course, in that defense. Coming up next here, we transition to college football. Will there be chaos in the future with the college football playoff rankings? We'll bring in some help for that. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Latest version of the college football rankings have a shakeup at number one as Georgia has hopped Ohio State. There is lots to get to in the world of college football. Amber and Ian's on ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Let's bring in some help with the college football discussion. Cole Kublick, you can find him on SEC Nation, ESPN College Football Analyst, joining us here. And Cole, thanks for your time as always. Let's start with what Jaden Daniel did against my Florida Gators. I don't really ever want to talk about it again, so this is the (laughs) last time I'm going to talk about it. But Jaden Daniels was absolutely electric in that game. Should he be headed to New York for the Heisman despite LSU's record? Uh, If it were today, he shouldn't just be headed to New York. He should be leaving New York with a trophy, if you ask me. Uh, Was on the call for that game. By far, one of the most impressive individual performances I've seen in person at any level of football. And I I think there's just how he 
has separated himself from the pack is his ability to scramble and his ability to break a defense down with his legs. He's a dynamic runner. And then you look at the accuracy down the field, it's not a lot of dink and dunk that he's working with. And being able to get through his progressions, read a defense, control things at the line of scrimmage, what he does with his legs. Uh, I actually think if you go look at his numbers in their three losses, he's averaged over 310 yards passing a game. He's averaged over 100 yards rushing a game. And I believe his defense is averaging giving up like 565 yards a game in their three losses. So not a lot of that's on him. And then you saw the one game that he couldn't come back into against Alabama, how that impacted his football team. I'm just not one that looks at it as you have to be undefeated or you have to be a one-loss team to win the Heisman. I, I just, that's not, to me, that's not what it is. It's the most outstanding player. And however you want to spend that in my book, whether it's most difficult to defend, who's the one guy you'd want on your team, uh, you know, who's the most exciting to watch, I think, I think Jaden Daniels fills all those voids. Yeah, but Cole, having said that, and, I, and I'm, I'm going to go right in your wheelhouse here, Orlando Pace should have been a, a Heisman Trophy winner. Warren Sapp should be a Heisman Trophy winner. And Dominican Sue should Quentin have been a Heisman Nelson, Trophy winner. Quinn and Williams. Yeah, go, keep going. I mean, yeah, I mean, so it's That's not why about you and the, I don't have votes, Ian, and we're not going to have votes. So, <laughs> yay for us. <laughs> uh, let me give you credit on a whole other level here, and that is when we talked off air, you and I, last week, you said Carson Beck is getting better and better every single week, and I had him last week against Ole Miss, and you are spot on. When you watch Georgia, and the evolution of Carson Beck as a former center in the SEC, what do you see? Poise. He's just in command of that offense, understands how to run it, understands that it doesn't have to go through one person. I actually think for the stretch run, losing Brock Bowers for a couple of games actually could benefit Carson Beck because you go back to that Auburn game, what did he do late in that game? And none of us blame him for it. He did the right thing. He forced it to Brock Bowers three or four times and – he made a couple one-handed catches, and they went down and won the game. Nothing wrong with that, but it's just I think now he might be looking at this in its totality of, well, I don't have to just throw it to 19 if I get in trouble. By the way, they've got Lad McConkey back, who he didn't have early in the season. He, he just has a real good feel of where the ball needs to go, how to get it out on time. He doesn't scramble much, but when he does, they're intelligent scrambles. He tucks the ball and goes, and he gets north and south. There's just a lot to like about his game. Uh, he, he's got a big arm. He can push it down the field. Uh, he knows how to change the velocity and take, take something off the football when it requires a little bit of touch. And the dangerous thing is, Ian, you were there, so you saw it. And, and I, I will say that Ole Miss gave them a couple of these by how they managed things up front, uh, taking themselves yeah. out of some plays. But if that downhill rushing attack gets going for the Georgia Bulldogs, you're not stopping them. You're just not. You have a quarterback that can manage all of it. You have multiple running backs that have proven whether – I mean, we've seen what Edwards can do. Now Kendall Milton gets going. We've even seen Dylan Bell in the backfield be successful for Georgia. And look at all the weapons you have out at wide receiver, whether it's Bowers, McConkie, Ra-Ra Thomas. I mean, it's just Dominic Lovett. The list goes on and on. And I think the strength of the defense is a little bit different this year. I think they're I think they're better from the third to the second to the first level as opposed to the last few years they've been best up front at the first level and then the second level and then the third level. So don't be fooled by thinking their defense is not as good as it has been. It's just better in different places. It certainly is a heck of a defense still. Anyway, you cut it. Cole Kublik, SEC Network, ESPN College Football Analyst, joining us here on Amber and Ian. Cole, Ian said earlier in the show that Georgia 
is, has the best resume, but Michigan has the most talent. Georgia sitting at one right now. Michigan sitting at three in the college football playoff rankings. Do you agree with Ian? No. There's um, <laughs> a first. There, <laughs> that's not new. That, that, I mean, that's fairly normal there. Twenty years um, of that, right I, there. I don't. There, there's no part of me that watches Georgia operate and see some of the young kids that they're throwing out at edge. And I mean, Ian, they put a linebacker in that's barely played this year. Last week, and he, I mean, he looked like 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 an All American. Yeah, I, uh, I get it. I mean, thirty threes all over the place. It's just. I just mentioned all the receivers, the tight ends. They got a couple tackles that are probably playing the NFL. Their center's going to get drafted. No JDJ linebacker. I get it. I get it. I get it. But here, Cole, here. I, I just, I just don't. I'm not going to say that that Michigan is a more talented football team. I think there was a time this year when I would have agreed with you that Michigan was a more well-rounded football team, and I actually don't even believe that anymore. With what Georgia's done the last two weeks to a Missouri team that is really good. And look what they just went and did to Tennessee. And then what they did to an Ole Miss team that the committee thought very highly of where there was not a moment in time that I watched that film and said, oh, Ole Miss has really got it going right here. Or, oh, they're going to continue to be able to give them problems no, here. The field was tilted, threatened dude. in that game. Cole, the field tilted. When Georgia walked on, padded up, it, it tilted. I was talking to one Ole Miss so, assistant coach going, our guys don't look like that. I mean, it's, no, they don't. And – and I, I just I think Georgia for me it's it's undoubtedly the number one team in college football. I, I don't I disagree with that. Two, I'd have Michigan right behind them. Okay, well then, yeah. There, and here's here's a bottom line also. And think about this: Do you remember a time in all of our years of covering college football, all of us, where coming into Thanksgiving weekend next week, where we had eight teams that were in the hunt? To go chase a natty. Not off the top of my head. I'm and and I'm, I don't remember I'm things like that like I probably should. But it does feel like a little bit of a deeper field. Of it, Here's the thing, though, Ian. How many of those teams you really think can go win it? I think Bama can. I think uh, Georgia can. I think Michigan can. There you go. There's my list right there. Oh, and, by the way, and Oregon is playing angry. No, so. no. <laughs> Oregon can't win a national championship. Washington can't win a national I didn't championship. Say Washington. Florida State can't win a national championship. I'm just letting Florida you know. I'm just, I'm just giving you names here. I'm just helping you out. Uh, <laughs> if you were thinking about throwing those teams in, um, I gave you my I list. Think it would be, I think it would be difficult for Alabama to, considering they, the teams that they might have to go through and are going to have to go through, just because there still could be. I'm not saying that there is, but there still could be a little bit of one-dimensional offense with Alabama. We don't know that yet. I don't, I don't think Jalen Milrow has been tested truly through the air just yet, and I love the kid. I think he's playing great football. I've said it already. Nick Saban should be SEC Coach of the Year. With what he's done with two new coordinators, a new quarterback, the talent he lost, and what that team was the first few weeks of the season, it's one of the best coaching jobs he's ever done. And so I, that defense is – every bit of what it needs to be for them to win a national championship. But I just think if they run into an elite secondary that can lock down some of those receivers with fewer numbers, I'd be very interested to see how they operated in the run game that way. You keep not mentioning Ohio State. You mentioned there that you would have Michigan behind Georgia at one and two. What are you seeing about Ohio State that you are not liking? 
overly reliant on an individual player, uh, not dominant up front offensively. Um, I don't think really a true balance as far as them in their totality as a football team. I think they're pretty good up front defensively, but I, I don't think there are a lot of pieces of that football team that are just dominant. And that if you put them up against a lot of the other teams that we mentioned, we would say they're not going to be able to deal with that. They're not going to be able to handle that. Marvin Harrison, Marvin Harrison Jr. is every bit of that. Uh, JT Tumalau is every bit of that. But I, I just don't think if you go across the board with their offensive line, like I love Kate Stover. He's one of my favorite players in college football to watch. But where are your multiple matchup problems? I just don't see that with this Ohio State football team. And it doesn't mean they're not a good team. I love Kalen DeBoer. I love Michael Penix. I love that offense. Coach Grubb does an amazing job with that offense. But there are just other teams, when you start talking about matching them up, Amber, that it's just it's not going to look great for how that's going to go. And you still go out there and play it, absolutely. But I just don't think Ohio State is going to be a massive matchup problem in a lot of different ways versus a lot of the teams that we've mentioned. I'm going to give you your choice here. Do you want to hear about the best way to ever, ever again, create a sandwich, or do you want the sound off on James Madison being heisman out of a bowl game? Your choice. I'll go sandwich because uh, why are we mad about this James Madison thing right now? It's been this way for 150 yeah, years. And like all of a sudden now rule. we're mad at it? Yeah, except every rule. Yeah, okay. Well, you're not going to argue that off air. Here we go. Ready? So <laughs> your sandwich. My wife found this video from a bodega in New York City. Are you ready for this? You take your guts of the sandwich, whether it's turkey, lettuce, cheese, tomato, jalapenos, mustard, mayo, whatever you want to put in it, right? Okay. You got chop it. it all up, chop it up, mix it together. So, therefore, you're getting a flavor in every single bite of every ingredient. Put it in your tortilla, put it between in your bread. You want to toast the bread, go right ahead, whatever you want to do with it. But you chop up everything into fine little bits, and it takes about 90 seconds. I did it today. And then put it in the bread or the tortilla and dominate. Dude, it's a game changer. You will never, What were ever... your ingredients today? We need to know. Okay. So now well, we're getting I can't getting chop deep. up jelly and peanut butter. I can't chop that up. I do think so chopping up anything. I can chop anything... the Doritos up with it, but. Yeah. Chopping up anything incredibly finely, wouldn't that be messy? Like it's falling out of the sandwich? No, you, uh, you got a little cutting. You got, you got your cutting board. I, have, I had a fork. Great question. I had a fork with me. Yeah. And I did need the fork, to be honest with you. I mean, yeah. it, there, was some, there was some shrapnel. Uh, the ingredients Amber's today, right. You're probably going to have to go more burrito than, than taco. Yeah. Uh, and I, and I, and I, had, I did go, actually, on, on the video my wife sent me, it was a sub, but I went burrito. I went tortilla, okay? And it was the, the fajitas left over from last night. Chopped it all up. The veggies, the onion, the steak, the chicken. The, uh, I, I put some shredded cheese on there. Then I dumped some spicy Zatarain's mustard over the top of it with some with some uh, Tabasco. Chopped that all up in it, mixed it together. Coach, it's a game changer. I will never, ever eat a sandwich again without chopping it up in, in that form or fashion. Whether it's a turkey and cheese, ham and cheese, or fajitas. Done. Listen, I'm, not, I'm not against it, but I will say that uh, food texture is something that I do think can be important at times. Uh, during didn't, COVID, I didn't lose it. I did, I did a very, I did a very similar thing than you during COVID. Um, I would pretty much make tacos for lunch with whatever we ate the night before. So that could be 
baked chicken and sweet potatoes. I would just roll it up in a tortilla and eat it because I got to the point where it just didn't matter anymore. <laughs> chicken and sweet um, potatoes. <laughs> I just like, yeah, we'll make a talk about that. Who cares? But I mean, I I do think sometimes you know sometimes you want to get a little crunch or sometimes you want to get you know a it's little in bit there. Of, uh, it's in every bite. It's in there. I promise you. The tortilla is a vehicle that could carry anything. Right? That's a it's, good point. That's a good point. A, a multifunctional. I'll tell you what, Cole. Next week, I'll get back to you. I will do it in between bread, and I'll, I'll let you know. How's that? <laughs> Cole Kublik. That would be tricky. You be can tricky. watch him on <laughs> SEC Network, read and react on the SEC Network. Also, of course, check him out across our college football coverage. Thanks, Cole. Thank you, guys. Uh, Coming up next here on Amber and Ian, this is where we open up the phone lines to you, America. So chime in your sandwich. Chop sandwich your chopped, chopped. Yes, your chopped sandwich content, college football rankings, Deshaun Watson being out now for the rest of the season. Hard where does off. Cleveland go from here? James Madison not being bowl eligible. Whatever you want to hit on from around the world of sports plus sandwiches, Triple eight, say ESPN, eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. The phone lines are open. Lines are open here on Amber and Ian. If you want to join the conversation, we love when you do. Triple eight, say ESPN, eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. Amber and Ian is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. We didn't get back to Deshaun Watson as we intended to, Ian. So I guess we should try to put a bow on it here because that was the big breaking news out of today that sort of rocked the world of the NFL and certainly rocked the world of that division. I mean, this is a division that everybody had spent time here the last two weeks saying all four teams are going to go to the postseason. Still could. Still could. Still could. But it just goes to show, man, we're always just one injury away from a narrative changing or certainly being threatened. And in this case, I would say the narrative is threatened. But if you believe in that defense more than whoever's under center, then maybe you feel like DTR can do enough. The Pittsburgh Steelers in that division have tri- have been outgained mm-hmm. in every single game this year. The last time that happened, and don't think that I did this research, this is the ESPN stats and info. God bless them. The last time a professional football team in the United States of America went the first nine games in being outgained and still have a winning record was 1933. That's TJ Watt. That's Highsmith. I mean, that that's that's that defense and their running game that is keeping them in games in the first three quarters to be able to win in the fourth quarter. Well, guess what? The Cleveland Browns have a Super Bowl caliber defense. They've got a running game. But look, Jerome Ford, man, that what that dude did at I mean, you're talking about a young guy to Cincinnati, averaged over six yards a carry. And it helped them get that dub, right, against Baltimore. They've got a running game. They have a defense. If that defense can keep them in games. And DTR, the rookie quarterback out of UCLA, just don't cost them games. Don't turn it over. Bus drive it. They have a shot. And the ultimate example I give you is a team in their own division that I just described in the Pittsburgh Steelers. 
the team I believe least in in that division is those Pittsburgh Steelers, even though three? they're sitting at second in that division. That's a, and that's with incredible. the Bengals coming off of that loss and being confusing as heck. And that's with the Ravens coming off of a loss, right? And that's with the Browns losing Deshaun Watson. It's a weird division because I said it even last week. It's a, it's a division where I don't actually truly believe in any of the four of them, even though all four of them could go to the playoffs, right? Like, it's this weird place that we're in where I feel like there's question marks with all of them, but also maybe all of them are good. I don't know. There's a lot of season left. There's a lot of things to be determined. I think we're all in on that Browns defense, though. And it's that Browns defense that gives the fans in Cleveland hope moving forward. We talked to Emmett Golden earlier in the show. He's on ESPN Cleveland. He told us there's actually a lot of optimism today in Cleveland because the attitude is kind of well Deshaun Watson wasn't good anyways you know the majority other than one half of football Deshaun Watson wasn't good this season so how much worse could it get if we can just kind of stay afloat then we'll still be cooking so we'll see what happens moving forward they're turning to a rookie to try to keep them afloat if you missed anything here on Amber and Ian you can always check out the podcast on the ESPN app there was other breaking news today but in the NBA Draymond Green, he had gotten into a scuffle with Rudy Kerfuffle. Gobert. A Whatever. kerfuffle. Yeah. A scuffle. Whichever way you want to go. Right there. He, he put him in a chokehold, WWE style. What do you call that move in wrestling? Sleeper. Sleeper, sleeper. hold. A sleeper Roddy, hold. Roddy Roddy Piper. Uh, James, you don't need to grab the microphone and rush to the Oh, microphone he's coming in. Here we go. The Iron Sheik. Well, what was the Iron Sheik? Was that, was that the... No, uh, the, Iron, the Iron Sheik is the camel clutch. It's more of That was a, a camel clutch. Yeah, yeah, that was the, it. Right there. Uh, Sergeant Slaughter had the Cobra Clutch, was that a, was a modified sleeper right. hold. Oh no! Uh, the, which is it, it was very much like the Million Dollar Dream, which was uh, Ted DiBiase's move. Right there. Also Duh. a modified sleeper hold. Roddy Roddy Piper, big True sleeper, sleeper hold. Right there. Uh, Brutus the Barber Beefcake would have to put you to sleep before he I cut your hair. Love beefcake. Yeah. So uh, those are those are those are a lot <laughs> of. Did you say you holes. love beefcake? Is that what you said? Amber, hold on! Don't gloss over that. Did you just say <laughs> I love beefcake? I, I love a beefcake. You were hey, supposed oh. to just keep. I always thought you said uh, you love beefcake. I'm like, well, no. hold on a minute. That's like going back to a phone number you gave last week, right? I mean, that's a whole <laughs> different show for a whole another audience. But anyway, not back one, to you. Yeah, Go not right one ahead. owned by Disney. Go ahead, James. Back to your and, uh, wrestling analysis. Yeah, Are we so, done with it yet? Uh, AEW superstar uh, uh, Samoa Joe tweeted today, let Draymond live, because basically that's his hold. He has a hold called the Coquina Clutch, which is a choke hold, and that's his finishing move. So he, lo- he loved what so he, he saw from Draymond. So he has come to the defense of Draymond yep, for using his hold. The problem All was Samoa Joe was using it in a you know, wrestling ring and Draymond Green's using it on an NBA court and that doesn't really go so well. So we did get the breaking news from our very own Woj that because of it, Draymond Green is getting suspended five games. I mean, that's a pretty hefty suspension, Ian, five games. Also one that is well-deserved. It, it is. And if you watched it, that was one where Gobert was trying to come in and break it up, and, and Draymond went in full on Sergeant Slaughter, Iron Sheik, Ted DiBiase, Rowdy Roddy Piper, you name it. That was it. Done. I'm still trying to get over the fact that you love beefcake. That's all I got in my head right now. There you go. That's it. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, 
legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.